Right, we are in week two of the NFL. We are Wagers, Ragers, coming to you from the great state of New Jersey. I'm in New Jersey. I am your host, JT Joshua Buckner. Of course, joining me, my compadre, Jonathan the Hedgehog. Donath, John, how are we doing tonight? How are we doing? How are we doing? Perhaps you didn't see the Philadelphia Eagles game last week against the Atlanta Falcons. I know we're going to talk about it momentarily, but based on that, I'm doing great, man. I'm ready for a great week two. Week one was an absolute killer, and I'm ready to kill some more. Oh, I saw that Philadelphia Eagles game, and you know what? I was like, there's no possible way the Eagles are going to cover this line, and I was dead wrong. Dead wrong, and I'll admit it. I was dead wrong. But what I did double back on, what I did get back was not mine, not yours, our long lost friend from California's New York Giants, given plus four and a half last night to the Washington Redskins. I took the Giants getting four and a half. And I was this close to betting the money line, this close to betting the money line. Thank God I did not because the Giants in the last five years are the worst team record-wise in the NFL. They lost last night on a last second. No, I'm sorry, not a last second, an untimed field goal. They lost last night 30 to 29, but I covered the line with my plus four and a half. So to you, Mike, they call him Koza Karakoza. Thank you to the Giants for letting me cover the line. But no, I'm sorry. I did not see the Eagles game coming uh, last weekend. I really thought they were going to get blown out or at least not cover that line, but I was wrong. John, I'm sorry, bud. Hey, it's, it, it's quite all right. I'll take it every time. If you doubt my Eagles every week and that's how it turns out, I am fine with that. I am more than fine with that. But yeah, that Giants-Washington game last night, Thank goodness I'm not a Giants fan because I, I I don't even know if I could have gotten up today. Like that that's how that's how bad that was. But um, you know, I guess we'll move on. But I guess before we move on, we should probably take a look back. We're sending you back to the future. We should definitely take a look back. So John, tell me how you did last week. Well, it was a pretty great week, and I'm gonna start off at the beginning, which is the Eagles, the beginning of a new era. A new time, the Jalen Hurts era in Philadelphia. The Eagles traveled to Atlanta last week. They were underdogs getting three and a half against the Falcons. These were, by record-wise, the two worst teams in the NFC last year. Um, And I said, let's take the Eagles. Let's take the three and a half points. I was feeling positive beginning of the year, but I didn't stop there. I said, take the Eagles, take the points, and take the Eagles' money line at plus 160. And... I was 100% right. It was such a great game. You know, at the beginning of the game, the the Falcons kind of drove right down the field twice in a row, but the Eagles defense was able to hold them to field goals both times, and that was key. From then on, the Eagles offense took off, and they end up winning the game 32-6. to Not only did I hit the game outright, the money line plus 160, Eagles plus 3.5. I said to take the Jalen Hurts rushing yards, which is going to be a theme you'll see later on. I got it at 39 and a half. It had gone up after that to 48 and a half, 49 and a half. By the time you got to game time, it didn't matter. Both of those hit anyway. I also said, take Jalen Hurts passing yards. Um, I got it at 240.5 on FanDuel at minus 114. That hit as well. Uh, I, I also liked the Kyle Pitts anytime touchdown at plus 175. Obviously that didn't hit, but an anytime touchdown is just that anyway. So a great beginning to the Eagles season. No major injuries came out of the game. They win the game. They cover the spread, hit a couple of big props. The second game I took was the Monday night game, which was the Baltimore Ravens at the Las Vegas now Raiders. I liked the Raiders at home getting four and a half points. I liked Lamar Jackson rushing over 68 and a half. 
I liked Darren Waller over 67 and a half receiving yards. And it just felt like everything kept hitting and hitting and hitting. Catch all party. It was a really fun game to watch. That Las Vegas crowd was absolutely electric for the, the first home game there. Darren Waller, you know, looks like he might be entering Travis Kelsey territory. So a really great game. The Raiders win the game outright. So obviously the call on the plus four and a half um, hit. Darren Waller's a beast. His receiving yards hit. Lamar Jackson with, you know, all of the running backs injured and out for the year, uh, easily hit his 68 and a half yard rushing prop. JT, how did you do last week? Yeah, so I did really well on, on, on uh, both betting on the games and uh, prop bets. So I took – so last week I took Jacksonville over Houston. You know, I told you it was a barn burner, and it was not a barn burner at all. Houston dominated Jacksonville. They just – I think they scored 37 or 39 points against Jacksonville. It was a blowout. Jacksonville got destroyed. I lost that bet. But I had the Jets Carolina, and I, took, I said, take Carolina in this game. They won 19-14. The line was, I believe, three and a half or four and a half. Carolina covered the game. I didn't bet the game on the line, but prop bets. What did I take? Okay. So prop bets on the Jet game. I had Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson passing yards. Boom. Cover. I had Corey Davis. I had Corey Davis over receptions. Over four and a half. Boom, cover. I had uh, Robbie Anderson over receiving yards. Boom, cover. So I covered on those. I did lose out on the Jacksonville game because I had James Robinson, who I thought was going to cover on, on rushing yards over 68 and a half, did not. Neither did DJ Shark on receptions, but Shark got me on receiving yards. So I covered on that. And Corey Davis. Uh, I think I told you already on receptions. So pretty decent on last week. Then I sort of parlayed that into the Rams Sunday night game into the Monday night game. And I also put some, some props on the Philadelphia game. I loved the Jalen Hurts uh, bets, especially the rushing yards. Hit on that, hit on Devontae Smith receptions, which was one of my props that I said, you know, guys, listen, go up Devontae Smith over three and a half, boom. But I thought Kyle Pitts was going to have a dominant day against that Philadelphia defense, which I guess I underestimated, but I didn't hit on that, unfortunately. Uh, but I did take the Bengals. The Bengals. I took the Bengals on week one, plus three against the Minnesota Vikings. And guess what? They won in overtime. Boom. Cover on that. So overall, for last week, I finished probably about 55 58% of my bets probably won. So I won overall net uh, five dimes or five nickels, I should say. So pretty decent bet. I love Matthew Stafford last week. I mean, Matthew Stafford on Sunday night against Chicago over passing yards, hit on that. And then Monday night, Lamar Jackson, which was one of my picks for Monday night, rushing and receiving yards, boom, crushed that. Darren Waller, receiving yards, crushed that. My, one of my big prop bets that I really like in every game is rushing attempts. And Josh Jacobs just didn't hit it. But I have a little, a little feeler for this week, which I'll get to when we uh, talk about our games. So, John, any last thoughts on last week's games before we get into this week's picks? You know, honestly, just that it was such a great, 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 great feeling to have football back on the TV and, you know, <clears throat> to be able to, to, to play some bets, throw out some wagers, do some wagering and some ragering, and an Eagles win, I got no complaints. All right, so let's move into week two of the NFL. All right, as everybody out there knows on the pod, I am a Jet fan, John is an Eagle fan, so... This week, the, are we going to call it the biggest Jet rivalry game every season? Jets-Patriots? I don't think we can call it that every week. Why? Because the last 10 times the Jets and Patriots have met, guess who's won? Yeah, Patriots. And 
The Jets are starting a rookie quarterback this week, Zach Wilson. Albeit, Patriots are starting a rookie quarterback too. Bill Belichick against rookie quarterbacks, 21 and six. Doesn't bode well for the Jets. Doesn't bode well for the Jets at all. The line right now, Jets getting six points at home at not Giant Stadium, MetLife Stadium. Not Giant Stadium, MetLife Stadium. Over under 42 and a half right now on DraftKings. Okay. Zach Wilson last week, 20 for 37, 258 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Interception, not his fault. Corey Davis, his primary target. No Jamison Crowder. He's back this week. No Jamison Crowder, Corey Davis, five receptions, 97 yards, two touchdowns. Mac Jones, equally good day in a loss. 29 for 39, one touchdown. I can't see Bill Belichick and the Patriots going 0-2. I just can't see it. But I, what I can't see is the Jets getting blown out. The Patriots lost at home 17-16 to the Dolphins. They're now in MetLife Stadium. I think it's going to be around a three, four-point game, 17-13, 24-20, 28-24, something like that. Let's talk about Rutgers. And why are we talking about Rutgers? Because Devin McCourty is still on the, on the Patriots. Last week, led the team seven solo tackles. I'm sorry, seven total tackles, four solo. On the other side, last week, another Rutgers product, his twin brother, uh, Jason McCourty, five total tackles, four solo. I mean, it's like a Rutgers fest when you're talking about the Patriots. And when I see Rutgers players playing, it's going to be a close game. It's going to be a close game. So I'm thinking a three-point, four-point spread. So who do I like in this game? I like the Patriots to win. And honestly, I think this game could probably go either way. we got two rookie quarterbacks, so it's not like Bill Belichick's going up against Browning Nagel, Mark Sanchez, every other rookie quarterback the Jets have had, whether it's uh, Sam Darnold. It's Zach Wilson versus Mac Jones. Two rookie quarterbacks, so throw that stat out the window. Close game. I'm, giving, I'm taking the Jets. Getting six points, getting six points. I'm not taking the Jets on a money line. I'm taking the Jets, getting six points, prop bets. Here we go. Damian Harris, I'm going to give you my over carries, over attempts, over 16 and a half, minus 115 on DraftKings right now. I also like Mac Jones, over 247 and a half passing yards. Jet secondary, terrible. They cut bless from the team, Rutgers product, bad move. Picked up um, like immediately by Seattle. Jet secondary is awful. Corey Davis is the number one target right now for, uh, for Zach Wilson. Over four and a half receptions, I'm going with it. A nice line right now, plus 120 on DraftKings. So those are my three prop bets on this game. John, Jets, Pats, give it to me. What do you think? I love it. I love the fact that you're ready to – Listen, it's a whole new day, right? Coach Salah, no more Tom Brady, nothing to worry about. I love it. I, I, I love the energy. Um, rookie QB, rookie QB, man. Here we go. Let's go. I, I tell you, the one I really like was the one that I took last week, too, was the Corey Davis on the catches. It was four and a half last week, too. Um, four and a half this week. He had five catches last week. He averaged over that number last year. I feel like Corey Davis is the number one wide receiver in New York. They signed him to a big contract for a reason. They're planning on using him. He hit this prop last week. I think he's going to hit it again this week. So I'm definitely following on that. Yeah. I mean, listen, Quinnen Davis up front on that front four, CJ Mosley back after basically two years of not playing for the Jets uh, between injury the first year, last year, opting out of from COVID that linebacker crew is solid. Front seven, front four is solid. I mean, I, I get it. Carl Lawson is out because of that torn Achilles that he, that he suffered in, in training camp. But that front seven is pretty solid for the Jets. Put some pressure on Mac Jones. Make him throw the ball. Secondary is kind of weak for the Jets. But listen, six points, I think, at home. You're getting six points at home. I know the Jets are, are you know, they were a terrible team last year. Two wins. But getting six points, 
I love that, that line, six points. And I don't like betting on my team, but I think this week I might take those points, especially if I look at that on Saturday and Sunday, that goes up to six and a half or seven. I'm taking the Jets all day in this game. So, John, give me your Eagles. Talk, talk to me. Listen, it's going to be nothing but positivity here. Eagles, Jets, Super Bowl confirmed. Um, all right, I already talked about the Eagles game last week. I'm all, I'm all, I'm all eagled up after after a, a great, great, great win down in Atlanta this week. The Eagles return home to the friendly confines of Lincoln Financial Field, and they host the San Francisco 49ers. Niners coming off a win of their own when really they really crushed the, the Lions last week. They were beating the Lions so bad that they started pulling some of their starters. Lions came back and the Niners had to hold on for dear life, but they did that. Niners end up beating the, uh, the Lions. They did have a couple of big losses, though. They lost running back Raheem Moster, former Eagle for the year to injury. And they also lost starting cornerback Jason Barrett to injury for the year. Both of those guys are gone, obviously, for this week against the Eagles as the Niners come <clears throat> further across the country to play in Philadelphia. Mostert is a loss. I do think he's the most talented back that they have, and he's played really well when given the chance, but the guy just can't stay off the injured list. And of course, Kyle Shanahan and the Niners have shown a predilection to have success with their running backs, no matter who they throw in there. They've got a really good offensive line. They've got a lot of talent on offense. Debo Samuel returned last week in a big way after an injury marred 2020, absolutely crushed it all over the place. Brandon Ayuk, who was their rookie revelation last year, did nothing. And when I say nothing, I mean nothing. Zero catches, zero yards, nothing. There was a rumor that maybe he was hurt. Then there was another rumor last week that maybe he and rookie running back Trey Sermon violated curfew. So that's why they didn't get a lot of run. Sermon was inactive for the game, a healthy scratch. Either way, from an Eagles perspective, uh, my hope is that the Eagles really take the, the Niners seriously here and are not riding too high off of their win against the Falcons because the Niners are a much better team than the Falcons. This game scares me a little bit. I was listening to a podcast uh, of local uh, Eagles uh, reporters, Ruben Frank and Dave Zangaro have a great podcast uh, and there are Eagles beat, beat writers and they had Ray Didinger, the Hall of Famer, on and he mentioned that this sort of reminds him of the Eagles in 2000 when they they came out and unexpectedly beat the pants off the Dallas Cowboys in the pickle juice game and everybody was all pumped up about it and then the Eagles came home laid an egg and lost to the Giants big time I'm hoping that's not what happens uh, I, I do see the similarities though so I'm a little bit concerned the Niners again well coached a lot of talent I'm not sure what to expect at the quarterback position because they're going to play both Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance on defense. They lost Jason Verrett, but they've got guys like Nick Bosa back. Fred Warner, middle linebacker, is absolutely killing it. Um, so a really good team top to bottom. Um, so I take a look at this and I say, well, the Niners had a couple of losses in Verrett and Mostert from last week. The Eagles really don't have any injury losses from last week and most importantly I think is that the Eagles offensive line which has a ton of talent is still healthy that was their biggest problem to me last year was how bad the offensive line was because of injury as a matter of fact the Eagles broke a record by starting the the most different combinations at offensive line in history that's not going to be a problem at least to start week two so let's look at some trends here all time, the Niners are 19, 14, and 1 against the Eagles. And these two teams actually did play last year. The Eagles traveled out to San Francisco and won 25 to 20, but it was a pandemic of affected year. Different quarterbacks. Carson Wentz was playing for the Eagles, Nick Mullins for the Niners. I don't put a lot of stock in that game. Also, I don't put a whole lot of stock in the traveling across the country factor that would typically weigh against the West Coast team like the Niners, because my understanding is that the Niners actually didn't go back to San Francisco. Uh, they traveled to Detroit, and then I think they stayed in Ohio, practicing in Ohio before they go to Philly this weekend. The Niners are actually have actually lost five of their last six when playing as the favorite. 
as well as that, the Niners are two and seven against the spread against the Eagles. The Eagles, who are getting three and a half at home, five and zero oh as a home dog in their last five. So here's my call on the game. I'm taking the Eagles, taking the points, especially if you can get that hook with the three and a half, because I know some places have it going down to three. Uh, I'm not taking the money line like I did last week against the Falcons. The Eagles are pumped up after last week. They're healthy. I think that Philly crowd is going to be into it, which is going to really jazz them up. And I could definitely see the Eagles winning the game outright. But from a betting perspective, I don't love the bet because the Niners are such a better team than the Eagles faced last week. But I will take the Eagles and the points, however, taking all of those things into account. How about some props? See a prop, take a prop. Uh, Courtesy of NinersNation.com in the last two seasons, when the San Francisco 49ers faced quarterbacks that averaged at least 20 yards rushing a game, and that happened 14 times in the last two years, the Niners actually allowed a lot more than that and allowed 47.6 yards a game, 5.9 yards a clip. The Hertz over on rushing yards, 49 and a half at minus 115 on draft on DraftKings. In the four games that he started and finished in his career, here are his rushing totals: 106 yards, 63 yards, 69 yards, nice. 62 yards. Give me that hurts over on the 49 and a half. Give me a 50 burger on it. Mm-hmm. This is a tasty burger. I'm going to hammer that one. How about passing yards? The passing yards prop, despite the fact that he beat 240.5 on the road last year, inexplicably to me, only 232.5 this week at minus 115 on DraftKings. He's hit that number in three out of the four games that he started and finished this year. I'm taking Jalen Hurts rushing. I'm taking Jalen Hurts passing at home with a juiced up crowd with a healthy offensive line and Devontae Smith and Jalen Rager improving from last year. I think he hits all of those. One more I like, plus over one and a half passing touchdowns. Plus 120 on DraftKings. I'm going to take that too. He threw for three last week. I can easily see him throwing for two this week. So JT, that's what I got. On my favorite team, the Eagles, I'll take the three and a half points at home uh, against the Niners. Give me the Jalen Hurts rushing, the Jalen Hurts passing, and the Jalen Hurts over one and a half passing touchdowns. Any thoughts? Oh, absolutely do I have thoughts. So San Francisco gave up 33 points, 33 points on defense to the Detroit Lions with Jared Goff as their quarterback, with basically Hawkinson is their leading receiver for Detroit. They scored 33 points. Jamal Williams, who was the second string running back for Green Bay, was their leading rusher. And they scored 33 points against San Francisco. The Eagles beat the Falcons. Now, okay, yeah, it's the Falcons. They're not that great. But they only gave up, I believe, Less than 10 points. They gave up six points to Atlanta last week. And and I'm not going to put the Eagles defense in the same category as the Steel Curtain or the Orange Crush or the Purple People Eaters. But six points, when you only give a team six points, when you have Matt Ryan, Calvin Ridley, that kind of offense, I mean, that's a really impressive showing. And they were at Atlanta. I love the Eagles this week. I just don't think that San Francisco is for real against Detroit. And getting three points at home, not only would I take the Eagles getting three points, I'm taking the money line plus 135 on DraftKings. 135 plus 135 on DraftKings, I'm taking the Eagles. Eagles really impressed me last week. And the one person that really impressed me the most was Jalen Hurts. And you talked about him at length. I think you had the rushing yards at 49 and a half. On DraftKings right now, it's 50 and a half. I don't care if it's 49 and a half, 50, 51 and a half, 52 and a half. He's gonna, probably going to rush for about 60 or 65 and a half rushing yards. I'm taking that right now. So I'm taking Jalen Hurts rushing yards right now on DraftKings. It's minus 50 and a, or it's over 50 and a half rushing yards. 
And as I stick with my consistent bet in every single game I pick, it's Jalen Hurts over seven and a half rushing attempts. Great odds. Plus one and a half on DraftKings. I'm taking Jalen Hurts over seven and a half rushing attempts. Those are my prop bets on the Eagle game. I think the Eagles run away with this game. I think they're going to destroy, destroy the 49ers this week. And I think it's going to be the quick end of Jimmy Garoppolo. And it's going to be the ushering, the ushering, I should say, in of uh, Trey Lance. And it's going to be a rough season for the 49ers. I think they're going to finish last in that NFC West. I love the Eagles this week. Moneyline plus 135. Any last thoughts, John? Man, that was just like listening to my favorite song. Like, I thought I was confident after the Eagles win, and I'm trying to temper myself, pull myself back. You're all, you're more Eagles up than I am. I absolutely freaking love it. Um, I, listen, it's just the Eagles fan in me. Uh, you know, I, I can't predict it, a, a, a blowout of the Niners, but a, a lot of what you say has a lot of substance to it because the injury problems the Eagles had last year, they're just not here, at least not yet. There's going to be injuries, but you know, that defensive and offensive line, those, those lines in the trenches, the Eagles have a lot of talent there. A couple of things that, that popped out to me, Javon Hargrave, who was a defensive tackle, the Eagles signed away from the Pittsburgh Steelers last year, had some injury problems last year. He's fully healthy and he looked like an absolute beast last week against Atlanta. I could see him being a problem for the, uh, for the Niners quarterbacks uh, this week. And you're right about Jalen Hurts. The guy just looks like he has so much poise last week. Nothing rattled him. He always seemed like he made the right decisions. And I don't know if you saw this or not, but he threw a touchdown to Dallas Goddard at the end of the first half. And it was a great catch by Goddard, but the clock is running down and Hurts throws an incredible pass. They, they took a freeze frame of the play of when Hurts is throwing the ball and the ball just left his hand and where Goddard is. And you can only sort of see Goddard because the, the, the defensive player is covering him. And that type of anticipation is the kind of thing that you just can't teach is the kind of, it's so, it makes it even more impressive when you watch last night's game and you watch two guys like Daniel Jones and Taylor Heineke, who just don't have that kind of anticipation whatsoever. So I love the enthusiasm. I love the Jalen hurts rushing attempts. I think that's a great point. Go birds. Look at the depth chart for the Eagles. Right. Last year, when you probably looked at this after week one, it was like a mash unit, right? Everyone out. Right now, almost every single starter is starting. And the second string is right behind them. There's only one guy right now that I see Michael Walker, injured reserve, backup slot receiver on injured reserve. And maybe Rodney McLeod, strong safety, is out. And that's it on their first string depth chart. So the Eagles are healthy. Last year was an anomaly. Eagles, Eagles, Eagles. John, I hate to say it, but I'm rooting for the Eagles every day of the week this year. Uh, I don't, you know, I probably shouldn't say I hate to say it because the Eagles are in the NFC. So let's go Eagles, Jets, Super Bowl, and let's just see where they clash. It'll probably never happen because the Jets have been so bad, but hey, let's get it on. Listen, I would. I, I don't know that if there's anything else I would love more than an Eagles-Jets Super Bowl one year. It's not going to be this year, but, you know, one year that would be pretty amazing. Some of my best friends are Jets fans, and I think there's sort of like a uh, – I think both the Eagles fan base and the Jets fan base over the years felt a lot of pain. I will acknowledge now that I've seen my team win a Super Bowl, it's not exactly the same thing. So I'm absolutely rooting for your Jets I think it would be great if we got to see that one day Eagles Jets in the Super Bowl. It would be great. It would certainly be great. It'd be like a green, just green, mesh. green wave, just a green wave. Yeah. All right. So we're moving on to game two. I'm sticking with my same theme of last week and I'm going with the Houston Texans, the Houston Texans, hands down the worst team in the league. Last week I said they were going to get, destroyed by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Trevor Lawrence's coming out party didn't happen. But this week, they're playing the Cleveland Browns. It's over for the Texans. You had your one chance to shine, not on primetime TV, but you shined, you know, on Channel 2 or Channel 5 or whatever channel you were on, on national TV. 
you know, your red zone channel and you did well against the Texans and you put up, you know, 30 or 40 points against uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. But guess what? This week it's over. The Browns last night, I mean, last week went toe to toe with the Kansas city chiefs in Kansas city and almost beat Patrick Mahomes and the chiefs last week, just like they almost beat them the year before in the playoffs, Cleveland giving 12 and a half points. The game is in Cleveland. This is the week that the Browns show up. They're not going 0-2. They're not going 0-2. And guess what? Tyrod Taylor and your band of ragamuffin, you know, second string, practice string players, you're going down and you're going to get blown out. Home, Home opener for the Browns. Home opener. No Odell Beckham, no problem. Jarvis Landry, probably 100 yards receiving. Two-headed monster, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. Pound, pound, pound. The Browns are going to be pissed off that they lost to the Chiefs last week. They should have beat them. They should have beat them last year in the playoffs. They are going to take out their anger on the Houston Texans. Mayfield last week, 21 for 28, 321 passing. Targets even in Joko, Parker, Anthony Schwartz, five between all three of them. And can the Texans really believe that they're going to produce any offense against this defensive line between Miles Garrett, Malik Jackson, Jadavian Clowney? Seriously? It's just not going to happen. So it's going to be the Browns all day long at home. Blowout, I'm, I'm looking at like 35-10 Browns. One and one, back in the mix. First place tied with uh, whoever goes one and one. Steelers maybe lose this week. Let's see what happens. Ravens already lost to the, the Raiders. Bengals barely beat the Vikings. Could be a first, you know, a first place tie for all four teams this week. Let's see what happens, but the Browns are going to crush the Texans. I have a couple prop bets in this game. Mayfield, easily, easily over 261 and a half passing yards, minus 115 on DraftKings. And Joko, a great game last week, a great game against the Chiefs, plus 105, over two and a half receptions. Those are my two big prop bets in this game. I don't like to stretch myself to like multiple prop bets. I like to kind of dial it in on just a couple. So those are my, the good ones that I really, really like feel confident about. So I like the Browns giving 12 and a half points this week against Houston. The over under is 48. I'm staying away from that, but I like the Browns giving 12 and a half points. Cause I don't think Houston's going to score a lot of points, but the Browns are going to cover that line. And then some John thoughts. I do have some thoughts. And with a double-digit point spread like that, my inclination is to kind of go the other way. I have to acknowledge this Cleveland team is pretty stacked. I am I was pretty impressed with their game. I watched their whole game with Kansas City last week, and they easily could have won that game, came up just short at the end of the game. Um, and Houston is obviously not even in, in the class of, of Kansas City. I, I do think that Houston played their absolute best game last week uh, against the Jacksonville Jaguars. A couple of props that I like that I've taken already. Mark Ingram, who was clearly the, the Houston uh, Texans lead back last week, his props are still pretty low. They've gone up a little bit, but I got it earlier in this week. Nine and a half attempts. 35 and a half rushing yards. I took both of those. I love both of those. The other one I like, Nick Chubb, 86 and a half rushing yards. That seems like a lot, but I'm telling you, man, I was watching him run against the Chiefs last week. This guy might be the best pure runner in the league right now. I'm a Nick Chubb stan. He was my number one pick in in the fantasy league that you commission. Um, So, Presuming you're right and Cleveland wins this game big time, it's going to be a Nick Chubb game. He's going to have over 100 yards. So I'll take the Nick Chubb rushing prop, but also give me the Mark Ingram over nine and a half attempts and over over 35 and a half rushing yards uh, because I think 
the game could play out the way you're saying, and, and Mark Ingram still hits those. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I I like the over nine and a half on Ingram rushing attempts. I think his rushing total last week, because I looked it up, he did tremendous last week. And that's like a Donald Trump term, tremendous, right? But he did fantastic last week against the Jacksonville Jaguars. But that's an anomaly. Here's my concern with Jacksonville. And it's the same concern that I have with every team that brings in like a top college coach. They brought in Urban Meyer. Oh, you coached at Utah State. You coached at Florida. You coached at, um, you know, Ohio State. You haven't coached in the pros. And you're trying to bring this pro, this college system and this college attitude and atmosphere into this game. And clearly it didn't work against the worst freaking team in the league. And so I can see betting this week, I mean, not this week, but every week against Jacksonville until Urban Meyer figures out you can't do that. It's, he was, he's like, I want to be the cook and I want to be the, the kitchen. I want to, I want to bring all the players. I want to bring all the players in and, and play that system and run that offense and run that defense. And clearly it didn't work last week because he got destroyed by hands down the worst team in the league. And I could see Jacksonville having a really, really rough year and maybe Urban Meyer getting run out of this league and run right back in the college. Ingram's last week for Houston with his like huge yardage marker, he's playing a different team this week. He's playing the Cleveland Browns and he's playing against Clowney, Miles Garrett, Malik Jackson. The yardage is the thing that concerns me the attempts doesn't concern me because I can see Urban Meyer saying, I'm going to run you until I run you into the ground. So I can see like 10, 12 attempts, but I could also see 10, 12 attempts and 20 yards rushing. And Nick Chubb, hey, I mean, he could run for 120. He could also run for 75. The problem with running Nick Chubb for rushing yards is you're running against Kareem Hunt. And so who has the hot hand during that game? I ran last, last night, Giants, uh, Washington, Antonio Gibson, 96 and a half total yards rushing, receiving. And I thought, oh, this is a joke. He's going to, you know, you know, receive for like 30 or 40 yards, run for 60 or 70. He ran for 60 plus, almost 70 yards, receiving yards, less than 10. So it's a hit or miss when you're running with like a two headed monster. So I'm going to stay away from the Chubb rushing marker, but I can't blame you for, for taking that for sure. As far as urban Meyer goes, it's kind of weird that he's like, he's like one game into his co- head coaching career in the NFL. And the clock seems like it's already ticking. Like, weren't you just kind of waiting for the news report that he was taking over at USC this week? Oh, um, sure. For sure. Know, for sure. I guess I'll move into my second game now. Um, I'm ready to rock and roll. Like I said earlier, I took the Raiders and Ravens as my second game last week. I'm staying on the Raiders this week. They're heading to Pittsburgh to face the Steelers and the terrible towels line now has made its way up to six and a half. The Raiders getting six and a half on the road at Pittsburgh. Obviously, like we talked about earlier, the Raiders came away with a big emotional win in overtime against the Ravens last week. The Steelers, who were road dogs in Buffalo, came away with the win as well. Surprised a lot of people. Um, but I think people are forgetting how good this, this Pittsburgh team can really be. Um, you know, Ben Roethlisberger is probably only about 60% of what he was at his best. Um, but I will say last week, when it really counted, he came through, led the, the Steelers on scoring drives in their first four possessions of the second half to help them beat Buffalo on the road last year. Buffalo who was one of the top couple of teams in the league last year and is expected to be that again. Um, the Raiders, on the other hand, I'm thinking about them coming off this emotional win at home, their first game in Las Vegas with fans last week traveling to Pittsburgh. I really can't shake the feeling that the Raiders walk into Pittsburgh and lose maybe by double digit points here. Um, The Raiders, in fact, are seven and 17 
against the spread in their last 24 games following a straight-up win. That's exactly what we're looking at here. The, the Steelers coming off the big win on the road in their last 11 games on grass, they're 8-3. and three. They dominate on grass. They're at home. That crowd's going to be going nuts. I think Pittsburgh wins this game. Not only do they win this game, I think they win by double-digit points. I see this game playing out as a Pittsburgh win, maybe 27-17, something like that. Yes, Ben is not what he once was, but that offense still has a lot of talent. Deontay Johnson is turning into a number one receiver right before our eyes. Chase Claypool is a big play waiting to happen. And they've also still got Juju Smith-Schuster, who is a fantastic slot receiver on defense. TJ Watt is now the dominant Watt as far as defensive players go. Minka Fitzpatrick from St. Peter's in New Jersey is a fantastic defensive back. I love the Steelers in this game. I will give the six and a half. When I initially took my notes, it was only five and a half. I don't care. I'll give the six and a half at home. I'll take the Steelers to win the game outright and cover the touchdown. How about some props? Darren Waller, man, I'm telling you. I think Darren Waller this year is the Travis Kelsey of last year. He had a huge game last week on Monday night, 10 receptions, over 100 yards, a touchdown. I think we're going to see a lot of that. I think we're going to see a lot. His receiving yards prop is actually 74 and a half at minus 115. I'm not going to take that. The reason why is he's on the road. His average last year for the year, even though he had a fantastic year, was 74.75 yards a game little too close for comfort for me. What I will take is the over on six and a half receptions. I've already taken it. Like I said, he had 10 catches last week, blew past this. He averaged 6.7 catches a game last week. And Darren Waller, if a tight end could be MVP, I think he would challenge for it this year. You can see Derek Carr looks for him on every down. So I'll take a Darren Waller prop probably every week this year. Anybody who listened to our podcast last year knows that I like to look at the, 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 the quarterback rushing props, especially when it's a quarterback that you don't think about as being a running quarterback, because if they've shown a predilection to rush from time to time in the past, all it takes is one play where they get flushed out of the pocket and you can make some money. This week, I'm looking at Derek Carr rushing. Six and a half yards at minus 115. He had six yards rushing last week on four attempts. Why is that important? Okay, he wouldn't have hit six and a half last week, but on four attempts shows that Derek Carr has no problem if he gets flushed out of the pocket, taken off. Last year, he actually averaged 8.75 yards rushing a game. Like I said, TJ Watt could get to him this this. Uh, this Sunday, and I can see Derek Carr easily getting the six and a half yards in one play. The bigger story on this game probably leads me to my last prop, and that's because Josh Jacobs, the third year running back for the, the Raiders, is out. If you watch that Monday night game, the Raiders and the Ravens, you saw that Josh Jacobs really had to gut his way through the game, apparently dealing with some ankle issues and some turf toe, changed his shoes in the, in, in, in the middle of the game. But he is out this week. That puts Kenyon Drake, who the Raiders signed as a free agent in the offseason, in the starting running back role. And I'm taking his rushing attempts. And this is brand new, hot off the presses, because when the news that Jacobs uh, was going to be out came down earlier today, all of the Kenyon Drake props got pulled by the betting sites. Right now on DraftKings, not great juice at minus 130, but 12 and a half carries. I'm taking, Ken, I'm taking Kenyon Drake there. Uh, he's now in the role Kenyon Drake is as the number one back for the Raiders this week. Josh Jacobs in that role last year averaged 17 attempts. Last week, Josh Jacobs had 10 attempts. Kenyon Drake had six, 16 attempts. Kenyon Drake is going to be the lead back this week. He's going to break 12 and a half carries. So give me Kenyon Drake over 12 and a half carries. So that's where I'm at this week. Long story short. I see the Raiders traveling across country to Pittsburgh after the big emotional win on Monday night, short week. They lose at Pat's Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh covers the six and a half points. Give me Darren Waller over six and a half catches. Give me Derek Carr over six and a half rushing yards and give me Kenyon Drake over 12 and a half carries. Yeah. So I think, so, so I think, um, the Steelers are a Fugazi team. I think their win last week, 
over the Buffalo Bills was a huge win. But I do think that the Raiders are actually for real. Do I think they're going to win this game? I do not. The line is six and a half uh, Steelers giving six and a half points. I see this game as a three-point game. And I see the Steelers probably winning this game by three points. I think the Steelers are probably going to win. But I think it's going to be a close game. It's going to come down to the wire. It's going to be 30-27, 27-24, 28-24, something like that. I don't think that the, the Steelers are going to win this game by a touchdown. So I like the Raiders getting the six and a half points because the what they showed last week on that game was phenomenal. I mean, it was just fantastic what they showed. The guts that they showed to come back and win that game was, in week one especially, was, was fantastic. So I think it's going to be a really close game. I don't believe in the Steelers. I think they're one of the probably, they're probably going to be like second or third in the AFC North. So I like the Raiders getting six and a half points props. Darren Waller's my man. He's my man. And I'm probably going to stick with him to get his yards over. So I'm going to go with Darren Waller over 78 and a half receiving yards. That's my one prop. But the other one that I really like is, is uh, David Carr. And I think he's going to have a really good day passing the ball this week. I believe I have David Carr over 200 and, 254. No, it's 200 and... 274 yard, 274 and a half yards passing. David Carr is going to have a big day this week against the Steelers. The juice on that must be incredible for David Carr. I mean, for 115 David on DraftKings, 115 on DraftKings. So I like David Carr this week. Eric Carr. Have a big day against the Steelers passing the ball because Josh Jacobs is out. Their running game is going to be terrible. So I like David Carr right now over 274 and a half receiving yards. That's my play on the Steelers Raiders game. Last thoughts, John. I hear you. I just think this is going to be a big letdown game after the emotional win for the Raiders. I do think the Raiders are probably more for real than people think they are. Um, Derek Carr definitely showed some guts, you know, at, at the end of the game last week. Um, but, you know, I'm going just the other way. I, I, we agree that, the, that we both see the Steelers winning this game. I see the Steelers winning by more than a touchdown. We'll see. All right, before we get into my college football nuggets, John, any prop bets from any other games that you want to like give our audience? Yeah, but and it's more of a it's more of a lesson, you know, that um, not even just a lesson, but some advice is that to, you know, if you're into this stuff, not everybody has the time or the ability to check like different websites and things like that um, during the week for the props. But it's a good idea if you can because props change as the week goes on. And a lot of times the numbers get worse depending on what you like. Listen, when you catch our podcast, we're gonna give you the best advice we can on these. But earlier this week, I caught wind of some props that I just couldn't believe. For example, David Montgomery, um, 59 and a half yards rushing. I I took that in a heartbeat. Jonathan Taylor, 13 and a half yards receiving. Cooper Cup five and a half catches. I love all of those props. Still do. If you can get anything close to those numbers, shop around. Check DraftKings. Check FanDuel. Check BetMGM. Check Caesars. Check PointsBet. Check all the different websites. Prop shop. Look around. Get the best prop for you. And when you see a prop, take a prop. All right. Love it. So listen. As always, we're gonna before we go into the Ragers section of our podcast. I got two quick college football nuggets. I am the college football savant. Boston College this week versus Temple. Now, why did I pick this game? John could probably figure this out. Temple played Rutgers and got blown the blank out by Rutgers. Boston College is playing really good football right now. Minus 14 and a half against Temple. Take BC all day, all night, Boston College minus 14 and a half against Temple. Take that pick every day of the week. Second one, who is the hottest team in the Big Ten right now? The hottest team? It's not the Scarlet Knights. It's not the Ohio State Buckeyes who just lost to the Oregon 
Ducks. No, it's the Iowa Hawkeyes. Minus 24 and a half against Kent State. Take it right now. Iowa, minus 24 and a half against Kent State. Take that. Lay the points. Take Iowa all day long. Iowa's going to win by probably 42 points. Easy money. Probably be done by halftime. Iowa against Kent State. All right, John. We move into probably most favorite part of the pod, our track of the week. Not at all, man. This is a... A great week. I think you're going to like my track of the week this week. Uh, and the reason why this this song is sort of on my mind is because during the summertime, when I was, you know, all hyped up, vaxxed up summer, ready to rock and roll, ready to get back out there, I was getting very excited and buying, like, concert tickets and stuff like that. And one of the things I did was I bought tickets to a music festival in California thrown by one Porter Robinson, which is actually going on this week thinking that, that I would fly out there and hang out with our boy Koza, who's in Cali right now, and go to the Porter Robinson Festival. As things turns out, I'm not flying to California this week. I'm not going to this festival, but I'm still in the mood to hear some Porter Robinson. And I sort of decided to go back to Porter Robinson, who's an absolute genius, by the way. Um, maybe his first popular song, his first hit, a little song called Lang. I mean, how mind-blowing is that? Because Language is one of my most favorite tracks of all time. Not just because it's Porter Robinson, but just because it is the, it's like the most put together track ever. And that is a great, great track. So I'm gonna go probably further back than that. And I'm going all right. 2014 red carpet Ooh. boom 2004 i think 2000 uh, it might be 2000 i don't think it's, it might be 2004 we're going red carpet all right house track i love going back doing classics that's my track of the week and let's rock and roll let's go kids it's week two of the nfl it's on John, any last thoughts on this week before we cut out? My last thoughts are, let's freaking do it, man. Let's make some money this week, throw set, throw down some bets. Let's get a Rutgers win tomorrow, and uh, let's do it. Let your bets be sharp and your cashes be bountiful. Wagers, ragers, week two, we are out. We'll see you week three of the NFL. See you next week. Later. <laughs>